Welcome to On the Table, a podcast about board games, card games, and tabletop war games. All right, welcome back to episode 73 of the On the Table Gaming Podcast. And today I'm really excited because we're going to be talking about some of the, the huge changes that have been happening to Tabletop Simulator. And I basically, I've gathered the, the, like the A-team, the best of the best out there. And so I've got, uh, you may remember my good friend Brian from episode 49, now Brian from On the Table, or as I've been calling him, Brian the Builder. So Brian, thanks for coming on. Hello. And uh, Brian's the lead developer on the A Song of Ice and Fire Builder website now. And then we're also joined by two other kind of superstars, I think, at this point. If you're in the A Song of Ice and Fire Discord, uh, these two individuals, you might know them by Bartender and Franks. Uh, they've made huge updates to the basic elements of the tabletop simulator mods, especially the tray. And so first off, thank you so much, Sebastian, for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me. And Mika. Thank you. Um, so, you know, you guys have done, all three of you, I think, have done so much to grow the, the, the tabletop simulator side of this game. And before we get into talking about those elements, one of the things that's so cool about A Song of Ice and Fire is that it draws people from such a wide base of other games and hobbies and experiences. So maybe jumping in and starting with Sebastian, you know, what's what's your gaming background and and how did you find your way to A Song of Ice and Fire, the miniatures game? Yeah, so when it comes to miniature games, I've started maybe, I don't know, 24 years ago with a probably little known um, uh, game called Demon World. Um, never really played it though, just, just painted <laughs> the miniatures and collected stuff. And then what really draw, drew me in was uh, Confrontation from Rackham. I, I don't know if you heard oh, of that. Okay. Uh, lovely miniatures was a great game until the company went bust and <laughs> that was that mostly and yeah i dabbled in quite a few tabletops um and didn't really want to start a new one so i, I didn't get on the kickstarter or anything but last year um a friend of mine who, who got the kickstarter introduced me to the game and i was at first really skeptical i didn't like the charge rule I thought, okay rolling a dice for distance that's kind of uh, i don't know <laughs> but then um then i played it and i thought so hey this is actually really really good um i like the interaction between the cards and the tactics boards and you know the, the combat units uh, it poses um really uh sweet uh how you call it dilemmas so mm -hmm. always have to yeah <laughs> coordinate get the right timing and so it got a lot of potential so um and luckily um a friend of my friend wanted to get rid of his uh, side of the kickstarter pledge of his uh, stark faction and so i swapped uh, my malifo uh, collection for for his uh, song of ice and fire collection so nice. um yeah that that got me started and then i didn't have a new or not an extra tabletop lying around it just <laughs> <laughs> and ever since i've yeah i think exclusively played uh, song of ice and fire now so nice yep. and uh, mika how about you yeah sure so my background is more from the board gaming side so i really wasn't a miniature war gamer before this game. Uh, the best that I have could say that miniature game was Ricard Borg's uh, Battle Lore, first edition. I'm not sure if anyone has known about it, but it's, it's the <laughs> common and color systems, uh, same oh, as Memoir. So okay. it was very 
tabletop, or let's put it this way, board gamey miniature game. So it's a, I hope I'm not insulting anyone by calling it a miniature. No, it's, it's, it wasn't. It's got really. miniatures. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, sure. So, so that's my best, but I kind of then uh, found Kickstarter and then I found this, this game. So I backed it in the Kickstarter. And and went quite overboard because I was kind of looking for a <laughs> miniature game. I hadn't kind okay. of I had played some miniature games. Never kind of bought myself in, but I had friends who played, so they let me borrow their their miniatures and we kind of played a kind of demo game. And but it never kind of got to me. So so, but then this game got to me because Game of Thrones. It was very good IP. So was very interesting about that. Yeah, and since that, because a lot of earlier I was kind of Euro gamer, so so if I'm using these obsolete terms, Euro and American uh, <laughs> historical terms, so yeah. so I used to be an Euro gamer, but now I'm noticing that I start to be a more American gamer, even though I'm from Europe. That uh, <laughs> I I like miniature games actually now. That even even in the board games, like some such titles as Nemesis or Lord of Hellas, they kind of they are board games but they have cool miniatures and it's cool to have cool miniatures i think that's you know, like such a great example of the appeal of a song of west and fire too i think so many people i've talked to have come from um a board gaming background or also a lot of people coming from like magic uh really liking the card play and this being like a good transition into miniature games um brian how about you how did you uh first hear about or what's your gaming background and how did you end up here at a song of west and fire builder <laughs> running things Sure. Well, I first heard about it when you said you were backing it on Kickstarter. That's, you, know, yeah. you were very excited about it and uh, tell, oh. talked about it all the time. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, I think at this point I've played, unfortunately, two or three games. Um, I definitely like the concept. As you were mentioning the cards, I really like that concept of sort of having the, like, the two types of play and also the, you know, your um, non-comet units kind of influencing it. Uh, I think it's sort of very interesting mechanics. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, I'm uh, I'm already uh, kind of completely invested in another uh, war game, uh, War Machine, and so you know, at the moment, I <laughs> I can't uh, you know can't afford all the uh, I gotta I gotta you know trade you some of my old War Machine stuff. Yeah, I might maybe I'll uh, yeah try out your uh, circle stuff. So we've been on each other since like middle school, and so we've been longtime gaming buddies. And unfortunately, you're just a little too far away. You're like what an hour and a half by train. Yeah. So we can't get together that often, but it's been fun collaborating with you again. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad that you're back here over here helping us with Roundtable Gaming and especially with uh, sure. the builder. Sure. It's been a lot. It's been fun. I've enjoyed it, especially given the current situations that they uh, yeah. spent a lot of time on, which is, you know, building out. Uh, and I know you've been waiting and waiting for stuff that's more monstrous to come out. And the uh, sure. I know the giants have been calling to you. I think you're waiting for maybe some dragons or something. It might be on the horizon, so here we go. Yeah, we'll um, see. We'll see. So, you know, for all of you guys, then you've been really building out the A Song of Ice and Fire capabilities on Tabletop Simulator. So the original creator of the most popular A Song of Ice and Fire mods is Z Games, and it seems like he's been kind of away for a while. And in the interim, it was mainly being supported through really the tireless efforts of people like uh, Peter, um, what's it go? You got Corn Halfhand on the Discord, and this other guy, uh, Rorschach, uh, who I think is like Mance Raider now is a subtitle. Those guys have been really kind of helping maintain the game through save files for maybe the past, you know, nine, 10 months. Um, but things were, the units were being updated, but there was some kind of 
areas in the tabletop simulator mod itself that were a little bit unpolished um you know how what kind of prompted you guys to jump in and start making these really awesome changes and i guess maybe what were some of these first changes that you've made uh, so uh sebastian has been doing the most of the things that you currently see in the in the movement race and and such things so i was mostly annoyed by the figurines not sticking to the tray that was like <laughs> the biggest problem that i had with the game because that really caused some downtime and kind of breaking the flow of the yeah. game so uh i was like looking into as, as i said i kind of was from the euro gaming side so i was almost thinking that should i should i kind of make a solution which doesn't even use figurines sorry guys i know this is a shocker but i was like really <laughs> starting to think that that because this doesn't work actually that do i just kind of make a number die out there that says that this tray has now 12 units and it's just mentioned by some number the 12 <laughs> horrible i know oh the but, humanity uh, wow yes. <laughs> i got a super <laughs> yes so but then luckily the tabletop simulator just recently like two weeks ago had a patch 12.3 and i happen to notice the patch notes i usually don't read the patch notes but this time i read it and i noticed that there is this new attach functionality that uh, it was kind of originally, I think, meant for these kind of miniature war games where uh, you can replace the hands of the miniatures. So that, for example, now I choose this weapon for this miniature. So they added this kind of super glue functionality in Tabletop Simulator and uh, to glue those weapons that they don't kind of fall off like like we have noticed that they easily fall off. So then I realized that this is exactly the thing that is needed, needed for those trays. Mm -hmm. Of course, it's not the perfect solution. It kind of makes it a solid object then that all of those figurines are then melted into the tray. But luckily, there is also a command then to de-attach them. But uh, it causes some new problems. But at least the clunkiness of that previous thing has gone vast now. Oh, that was the worst. <laughs> that that yeah. was yeah. So, so bad. Yeah. yeah. So, Especially so after reloading a save game that... What yeah. always mess things up. Yes. Oh. Yes. So, luckily, uh, kind of that tabletop simulator patched that, and I kind of then immediately, right after that patch notes, I read them, and then I started immediately investigating it. <laughs> and to be honest, I hadn't done any Lua script coding. I I have a coding background, but uh, that was kind of first thing that I actually started to look into how to code with tabletop simulator. So quite quickly, I was able to catch it up. Luckily, but. But that's now, mostly what I have done. So the rest of the stuff that you can see at the moment in the in the trace is is most about what Sebastian has done. So, well, have you do you have a so you have a background in programming though? Uh, yes, yes, kind of. Uh, I studied programming and I was going to be a programmer, but then something else happened. I kind of got a quite generic knowledge of programming, but I did never like specialize or let's put it this way that if I specialized, I happen to specialize in dying languages like uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm from Finland. So, of course, Nokia, Nokia, as we pronounce it, uh, the Subian was the language in there. So, so, but then that, of course, ended. So it was kind of not really useful. So I'm still in a kind of coding area, but I'm more in the quality side. So I gotcha. I was the kind of tester and now I'm a release lead. So kind of managing. Well, thank, thank goodness you get that, that experience here to help test and, and you know polish yeah. these things off. Sure, yeah. How about you, Sebastian? 
um, my coding background. Uh, yeah, I work as a um, programmer. Um, I've, I've started that about 12 years ago or 13 actually in the company I'm, I'm with <laughs> for the time. And in between, I did some uh, consulting work for the company, but um, yeah, at some point uh, the, the traveling got on my nerves and I wanted to get back <laughs> to coding. So, so now I'm back in the uh, software development department. Um, yeah, I, I didn't have much experience with Lua, just a little bit, but, um, but it's easy enough to, to grasp and pick up. So yeah, and most most of uh, what we need to learn right now is about the um, uh, tabletop simulator ABI, mm-hmm. uh, which yeah, some of the documentation is better than than others. So some functions are well documented, others I find a bit um, difficult, and the units they use seem to be a bit over the place. So um, that can be a challenge sometimes, but otherwise it's it's easy enough to get into and it's it's fun. Um, and yeah, from from the work I've done, maybe um, starting at the at the end, I had the same uh, thing um, or, or the same thought as as Mika had when I read the announcement about this attach functionality. I was like, oh man, this is great! Yeah, we need that. By that point, I had already done a couple of things, um, and then I think the very same day I saw Mika write about this um, on the Discord channel. And so I reached out to him and said, hey, well, I had the same idea. Should, should we cooperate? I've already done a couple of things. And yeah, that's, that's how we started to, to cooperate on this. And for those that haven't checked into Tabletop Simulator, at least for the Aslung of Ice and Fire mod mm-hmm. in a while, you've, you've, you've made incredible improvements to the tray functionality. So how would you kind of explain the changes that you've made for those of people who haven't come back because maybe they thought it was you know, a, a clunky experience before? How have the changes you've made kind of improved the quality of life of, of playing in this mode? Yeah, I, I actually, I think they're, they're pretty small changes. <laughs> and really, when you look at the initial code, there, there wasn't really that much that I've done. Um, a lot of the stuff was already there. Uh, so the first thing I thought of was uh, was the conditions panel and then uh, with the activation token, order token and the conditions um, that panel was already there, but you would activate individual um, conditions by dropping a condition token onto the tray. And that was really clunky. Often you would hit the a miniature instead of the tray. So yeah. you had to pick it up, drop it again until it eventually stuck. Um, and you, the other thing that I thought was really annoying was the fact that you could only um, click on them to, to deactivate them again from one side. Mm-hmm. So that you always had to do your opponent's uh, trace, and yeah. they had to do yours. And that, so I thought that was quite annoying when I first started playing with the tabletop simulator, thanks to um, yeah the the COVID nineteen pandemic. Mm. <laughs> That's but, the one uh, the one positive thing that came out of all of this. Yeah, I guess. exactly, oh. exactly. Otherwise, I I might not. I mean, I I had it you know on my disc for for quite a while, but never really gone to look into it but now since our you know one once a week meetup didn't really work out anymore we a friend and i decided to to meet up um, by a by a tabletop simulator so yeah i just had a look at um what z games has done and at the panel and figured out that this is actually pretty simple to just you know make it visible all the time um and then i loaded up some different images just to make sure that they are 
for one look a little bit nicer and um, that we now have these gray, so inactive and active uh, icons to, to yeah, be able to discern that. Um, yeah, I also made sure that you can now click on it from both sides. It's a bit weird the way it's done, but um, yeah, as a user, you don't have to worry about that <laughs> <laughs> as long as it as it does work. And I immediately felt, okay, this is this is quite useful. You know, why why not display it all the time? It's it's just a lot easier and, and pretty straightforward. Um, the next thing I did was the filling the tray, so to have a quicker way of yeah initially deploying because I wasn't really ready to build something like an army builder or whatever. <laughs> so <laughs> there was an easy way to just fill your tray with. with Trust me, um, don't build army builder. That that takes way more time than you think. I, yeah, I, I had a look at <laughs> Exactly, exactly. I had a look at what uh, the guys from the Legion mod did and this oh, is really God, sophisticated. Yeah. So, and I think that's, that's, um, that would be a lot of effort so yeah. I just, you know, try to learn some things and, you know, take it easy. So this was a, also a fairly, fairly uh, simple and straightforward function. Um, and um, the next thing was the, just the names, show, show the name of the unit on the flag. Mm -hmm. I thought that could be useful. Also, if somebody does streaming, it's a little bit easier to see what, you know, which unit is being moved. Um, and then the other stuff was not really coding related, um, just small things like a first player token, round token, like things where I thought, okay, what, why are they missing? Faith tokens. Um, I brought in, a while back, I designed these uh, game mode overview cards. So I brought ah, those in as a deck. So you can, first of all, as a rules reference, but you can also use them to randomize the game you, mode you want to play. Yep. So small stuff like that. It wasn't really that much. I think actually what <laughs> Brian did was is way more impressive. <laughs> so this is, um, you know, digging through how the JSON files are <laughs> structured and, you know, which uh, I guess you have to put in the, uh, the path to, you know, the meshes that must be. So it gets a bit technical, but to the images, so I think that that has must have been a gargantuan effort, really, compared to um, what I did so far, to be honest. Definitely not. <laughs> so the crazy thing is, Brian, yeah, you're going to like share your secrets here, because I'm used to having a situation where it's like, hey, like I want to try and make this change. I'm having a hard time doing it. Can you help me out and do this thing? And then it'll be like two, three weeks, someone will like be like, oh, yeah, like I got this. I helped out with this, and it's, it's done. But Brian, it's like, hey, there's this idea. And he'll be like, that's a really interesting idea. And the next day, he'll be like, hey, <laughs> here's this thing. And I'm like, wait, you did it? Like I was talking about the idea. So not to, not to sell sure, but man, Brian, you've, you've, uh, you've taken on some Herculean tasks here. In addition yeah, to I doing a song of ice fire builder and like helping with the redesign and cleaning up of that people have seen it maybe becoming more mobile friendly. Talk us through what you did here with tabletop simulator. Sure. So, you know, as mentioned, I introduced the export feature for t Tabletop Simulator. It was actually not as bad as I thought. You know, I, I, at first I thought, oh, I'd have to sort of figure out how Tabletop works and what, you know, hook into all the different scripts and stuff. But as it, as it turns out, each file that Tabletop Simulator uses to load content is a pretty simple, simple JSON format, which is just, you know, a way of representing each individual model and each, all the trays and all that so i realized every every 
things represented in a relatively straightforward way. So you, just with a few, like, you know, I have my sample miniature, I have my sample tray, and it's all sort of all the properties to are sort of accessible in there. So I can basically put that tray wherever I want and then duplicate them and, you know, duplicate the models and use the right images on them, change the colors, basically everything. So it really uh, is, is, you know, the way that the tabletop simulator kind of structures its files, it's, it's pretty accessible. Are you uh, having fun with all the exceptions? I know just from the builder side of things where I'm like, oh, actually, the uh, skin changers, you don't actually select your animal till you put them on the table. And, you know, all these weird exceptions or what was the thing yeah. going on as well with, uh, you know, Aria? And then I think someone found Jorah Mormont, mm. the oh, old yeah. bear. <laughs> they well, yeah, that was just, you know, the heart, one of the, the, the thing that was most time consuming is just going through all the, the different models and making sure that sort of their image lines up with the name and stuff. And so that was a complete, you know, you know, that's all over the place. And I think it, it was just like, okay, we got singular uh, pluralized names. So it matches up and <laughs> like, okay, sometimes the whole name's not there in the file, but you know, so I built the program that the, 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 a simple um, bit of logic that would just run through the existing file that had everything in it and find all the corresponding names of things and their uh, images. So I just do, okay, let's just, I try to map, map off of a subsection, a, 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 some part of it. So as long as it contained it, so, so you know, the, the old bear or whatever, which and I found, yeah. you know, would, I found, oh yeah, bear is contained in the old bear. So here's a bear image. <laughs> <laughs> or here's a wolf image. Yeah, Aria, the wolf girl. That was, <laughs> yeah. She was a wolf. Was like... was that, when, I, when I first saw that, I was like, wait, is this intentional? Is that... Uh... <laughs> And then I, of course, then I can, you know, my limited ability to help out in any way, it just makes things more complicated when it's like I'm uploading, trying to crop some images and I uploaded uh, Belwas, the veteran pit fighter. So like the day we launched that got dropped. So we're like, we'll throw it in there. And my image that I uploaded was like half the size of the other ones for some reason. So he was just like the little petite attachment that like <laughs> stuck on the thing. Just a really short squat guy. It has yeah. since been fixed, but. No, glad I could make these more complicated for you. Sure, sure. I think it just, you know, made things more entertaining. But I think, man, between a, a lot of that, I think it it has definitely upped the play experience. I think that's been the, the, the nicest thing is, to be frank, I wasn't really a big fan of Tabletop Simulator, especially for this game before. I think some of the nice things about the game is that you can sit down and play it relatively quickly. And I found that I was like spending so much time like assembling my army or like dumping mm. my tray. And, you know, so I'd be playing games that were like two or three times longer than what a normal game would take to play because I'm, it was like having to go, you know, undo and like fix things. And this is like drop that timeline so dramatically. Um, so I think, you know, that's been amazing. And thanks. Thank you guys for everything that you've all done. Are there anything, are like, what's been the reaction uh, to what you guys have done so far by the community? How do you feel like it's been received? Positively, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I was surprised by the positive feedback, especially on, on our end, because I thought it was, you know, fairly small contribution. But but yeah, people really seem to like it, and um, yeah, I think that from my perspective, the the bigger impact right now is definitely the the uh, list builder integration. This is just fantastic because setting up your armies. That was really an annoying <laughs> thing right. with the way it was laid out before. It really uh, took a while. So this is this is a massive thing. Yeah. 
And I think once again, collectively, how much time is saved in the game. Yeah. Are there things that you would like to implement in the future? Are there any like kind of pie in the sky wish list sort of things? You're like, man, if you had infinite time and resources, you're like, this would be a cool thing to do. For me, I, I'm actually at the moment working with the pivoting. So uh, uh, what I feel that is the currently most frustrating and, and downtime causing when you play the actual game. And actually, I think it was somebody in the Discord chat that actually mentioned this also to me. Uh, that that it's actually when you think of how the tray currently works, that when you need to pivot, uh, you press a button that says pivot on the tray, and then it says that pivot left or pivot right. Then you click pivot left, and then the tray moves, so the button moves with it. Mm -hmm. So if you need to do a full 180, it's going to be a many many clicks and mouse moves until you get the position that you want. So so that's a big, quite big downtime, or let's say flow interruption. Yeah. Uh, to the game at the moment. So I'm I'm looking for solutions that, and actually I have a proof of concept solution working already, but uh, it's not, it has, of course, bringing always when we create something new or different, it brings other issues. So I'm now trying to kind of kill those problems that, that this new solution causes, but it's a, uh, this kind of global UI solution that actually you can draw elements and UI components on the front of your screen so that they are not actually tied to any element of the table or, or object on the table, but it's actually on your screen, just like the UI of the double table simulator. So that's going to be a lot faster when the button kind of remains on one place, just that like the slider good. actually currently. And then I will, I noticed that it's, it's very common when you pivot, you actually need to know different rulers. So uh, rulers are those things in the tabletop simulator mode that kind of are those white, uh, when you press the attack button, you get kind of that uh, range that's where mm -hmm. you can attack. Or when you move, you get that move track into the all major directions. Or when you do other aligning, you get that cross. So, so I also am adding a buttons that would kind of, you can cycle through the different uh, rulers. So when you, on the fly, when you pivot, so now you, when you use the pivot, you need to kind of end the pivot, press the done, and then press attack if you want to see the attack angles. Then you notice that, oh, I pivoted too far. Now I need to, again, start pivoting and kind of, kind of it's kind of going forth and back. So, so I'm kind of looking for a solution in this pivoting where you get that, pivoting faster with the buttons that stay on place and then get to see the rulers also on the fly that you can check the angles of your attack or your movement, the rulers at the same time when you pivot. Hmm. That'd be amazing. Yeah, th that's kind of my philosophy to try to select the most annoying things. Of course, these are subjective. So to me, that's most annoying no, that's... at the moment. So that's what I'm trying to now fix. Oh, that's definitely something that's annoying. That's great. Yeah, this is going to be really nice, especially it helps you to like get the optimal, you know, orientation to just get that charge in without having to roll a, you know, whatever to get the number down a little bit. You know, yeah, this is going to be really good. Yeah, I've actually had some people uh, comment about dice in that game. Do you guys think that the dice, you know, selecting everything and hitting R a few times, um, is that truly random? Do you guys know? I heard some people say that they feel like the dice rolls are a little bit wonky in there because they're physics based. 
I couldn't say for sure. I okay. don't know. It looks random I, enough to me, but I. Yeah. My understanding is that if you press the R button, it is random. If you don't press the R, but because you in theory could roll the dice by kind of just throwing them, your yeah. mouse, uh, that might not be random. Okay. Uh, but but the R button should be random because yeah. it is Nothing. a random function. Yeah, I think of that Legion, the Star Wars Legion mod, big mm -hmm. fan of that. I think they've been developing that for a long time. I know they have a dice roller. I'm wondering if there's a reason for that but maybe it's just to generate the types of dice since they use uh specialty dice i actually personally have kind of thought about that but that hasn't been a priority right because i know that many people i know people that kind of are they have accepted to play tabletop simulator but but still kind of uh, well some people then i know i know people that actually like to roll outside of tabletop simulator are using a video call even I right. those people, but, yes. but then there are some people that if if we would just create a button that says that now let's roll dice and that that machine would do the rolling for themselves it might take something away from some of the players but of course those players don't have to use that button they right. still could use the normal dice and stuff so at least i'm at least somewhat interested in that but it's not the topmost item in my life list at the I'm, moment i've definitely been contacted by groups that were saying they wanted to set up cameras so they could roll outside of tables <laughs> and i was like there's got to be an easier way like the dice are in there um and i was like maybe maybe if they're not random maybe there's another way but so it sounds like they are random they are random, but there would be, of course, other benefits because there is a bit problem, of course, in the game because at the moment, well, tabletop simulator is meant to be a tabletop simulator, so so of course it is not a such computer game, but uh, maybe we could add some kind of chat in the chat. We could print things there. So so if I would be to create some kind of rolling button, of course, it would also kind of print somehow to the chat log or even as a broadcast text that hey these actually were the rolling results right because sometimes you might miss that hey no roll the panic and okay i rolled it already 10 seconds ago didn't you hear the noise that <laughs> makes and kind of it's to kind of lessen the suspicion that did he really roll that panic right. tester or is it just cheating so you can't so trust these people on the internet <laughs> exactly yeah so, mm. so so that kind of dice roller would benefit even that that you could print yeah. the results that hey this is actually the result and of course you could if you make an ui for it then you can tell that hey now i'm looking for plus three that roll seven dices and what i want is three plus and then there yeah. could be a quick button that three roll or misses or reroll or passes or then there would have to be of course also a selection box that you can select exactly the dice that you want to reroll in case you know you are looking for double sixes or, or kind of those kind of things. But uh, so it, it suddenly becomes a bit bigger than just, you know, printing the results of the dice. So, so yeah, I have some ideas myself, but, uh, but there is also, I know that there are kind of some kind of dice solutions because there is in the tabletop simulator, if you go to the workshop and start kind of searching for dice with the keyword dice, you can find a lot of pre-made stuff. But I must admit that I haven't myself found up perfect ready-made solution that would fit the a Song of Ice and Fire game perfectly, at least. But it is it is still possible that actually maybe somebody has made similar thing already for some other game, because the dice rolling mechanic of this game, it isn't actually that unique. Quite many games roll the dice with the same right. kind of methodology than this game. 
Uh, Brian, how about you? Any thoughts of things that you'd like to pie in the sky, you know, implement in the future? Um, well, I have a, a you know, <laughs> I already have a, a request for the next thing, which are just cards for all the different units and NCUs and all that. Pie in the sky. I, I think, you know, we might as well generate the scenario features. Um, we, we could probably easily do that where we, we can put those automatically put those, you know, save that as an object and put that on the, the table. But uh, yeah, I think that might make people's lives a little easier. Um, mm. Any ideas are always greatly appreciated because obviously, you know, you know what you need more than I do. Um, so yeah, if, if anyone sees me in any of the chats, please, you know, send me your ideas because I'm, I'm happy to try to implement whatever I can to make people's lives easier. As I, you know, I play War Machine and I feel like, you know, now that I've done this for uh, this armor, uh, tabletop sim simulator generator exporter, I, it'd be great to have something similar like that in War Machine. So I think they use more Vassal there uh, than tabletop simulators. So I can look to see what I can do for that. But uh, yeah, please uh, send ideas my way and I'll try to implement it, do my best I can to implement anything. I know we've been talking about the trigger feature for a Song of Ice and Fire builder. I don't know if that would translate into uh, tabletop simulator. Right now we've got it all written out. So all the triggers for every tactics cards and we thought it might be useful to have those generate with your list. So you could just look at a glance and see what are all the triggers this army has to be aware of. And then I guess down the line, the goal is to be able to then compare those triggers against other cards to figure out what has priority. So if you're wondering about like timing events, we could, you know, auto provide a solution. But I guess that wouldn't really be displayable in Tabletop Simulator. Yeah, I don't know, um, but... <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe something to... Um actually a small card that shows the army list or something oh yeah you can Just show like to your opponent card. or something yeah yeah here's Maybe my something. that's amazing good idea there actually um, yeah we have the that tablet which would be great for that. Well, yeah. okay. Maybe not great because I don't think you can actually sign on to a song of uh or to to our you site. Can't you can't Google log in you authenticate. Yeah, I don't think you can authenticate normally with that at least through Google with Google. Um, I'm not sure if you can, I haven't tried authenticating with, you know, the old method of email and stuff. So you might be able to do that, in which case hmm. you can then show your army yeah. to other people. Use a, use a, a table, the two, the tools to generate, you know, randomly generate the scenery and all that. And yeah, maybe display your army to people. Hmm. Well, I'm just, I'm excited for the, uh, you know, what are we going to have coming down the line for units and seeing how... Will that work with stuff we've got here? Are we going to see any new fancy things? I know there was a spoiler that there was a, someone released a, uh, an, uh, was it a, an item list of like other units that will be released this year. And there was a Targaryen box that said Mother Dragons. And I'm wondering, you know, are we going to see dragons that are siege-based templates? Are they going to be NCUs? Are they going to just be tokens? Are they going to be solo monsters, their own unit tray, or something entirely different? So I'm wondering how that'll all play in the future with what we've got. Yeah, hopefully, that's... hopefully it doesn't break anything too much. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully not. Um, yeah, on my end, I'm currently working mostly on small stuff, but um, one thing I, in terms of features that I have uh, on my list is actually um, have a zone where you drop the um, game mode card and it then automatically spawns. So, oh, so that's since the um yeah since the cards are already in there that might be something something useful and then um put 
like in the game modes where you need to um, yeah, put your own tokens down, put the tokens into the player's hand or something, something small. But I mean, again, this is all, I guess, yeah. minor stuff. What, what would be great would be a um, siege engine tray. Unfortunately, I, I uh, don't know how to operate a 3D modeling yes, uh, program. So, but, but that would be uh, that would be a good thing. Yeah, that's that's really uh, lacking at the moment. Yeah, how does, I agree with that. That how does the scorpion trade generate now, Brian? Uh, the scorpion War machine. Oh, I've I've just <laughs> I have just attached one tray to another tray. <laughs> two solo bases right now. It yeah. is two solo bases. It's not the most elegant solution, but it sort of works. <laughs> so if any 3D modelers out there want to take a stab at making a a siege weapon, you can send it our way, and we'll we'll spread it out to everybody and make sure it gets in the in the in the mod. Yeah, yeah, that that would be uh, yeah, just not something that's double the size of solo with one slot for the uh, <laughs> the, the item, and then maybe. Uh, Another slot for an attachment or something. I don't know. Yeah. So um, now, as we start to wrap things up here, so how can the community help everybody going forward? Is there anything that you know you're looking for? I mean, obviously, someone to do a 3D generated siege weapon tray. But are there any other things that you know people in the Discord or in the Facebook group or listeners might be like, hey, you know, I I can add to this. Um, the big thing that's already coming in is is really. Um testing and helping find all the quirks and issues <laughs> so that mm -hmm. we can go ahead and fix those. Um, so, so that's really appreciated. Um, the other thing, um, and I guess maybe that's not as important anymore with uh, the, the list build integration, but just keeping the um, units and your releases updated. So yeah. I mean, that's the things that, yeah, Corin, for example, did. So um, yeah, it would be great if he'd, um, you know, continue to do that, and I think he already signaled that he'd be be happy to. Mm, yeah, that's I think that's the main things right now where, where people could really contribute from from my point of view. Um, yeah, I agree with Sebastian's list that uh, and including that three D stuff. So so I'm not graphical person myself, and yeah. and so on. So uh, I cannot really do much about those things. So that would be nice to find someone who is happy to do some 3D modeling. Absolutely. And once again, you know, guys, thank you so much. And thanks to the people who have been carrying the flag for this for so long as well. Um, you know, I think it's, it's been maintained at a certain level. And when you guys came along, it was just, just enough manpower to like make this tipping point where I think things are really exploding and taking off. And especially with the, the current world situation with COVID-19, being able to you know to hop on and and play a game that we all love um, remotely in a maybe you know a secondary format right it's never going to replace you know actually being there around the table with people but uh, it's really made that you know much more enjoyable and possible so thank you guys so much yeah thanks and I, I have to give a shout out to the community the, I mean, the response was just so kind and and really um. I, uh, it really keeps keeps us going <laughs> and motivated. Uh, so yeah, thanks guys for that. I think we can safely say that A Song of Ice and Fire has one of the best communities uh, for games. All right, any uh, shout outs before we head off? 
Oh yeah, um, our local gaming store here in uh, Bremen in Germany, Highlander Games. Um, I think they can, you know, use all the help they can get right now. It's it's a hard time for for gaming stores. Absolutely. So if I'm ever out in uh, in your neck of the the world, <laughs> I'll just stop by. <laughs> yeah. All right. So with that being said, thanks so much for coming on. And, uh, you know, we're looking forward to seeing what kind of new stuff is in the works and coming out on the line. And if you're out there, you know, grab some games on Tabletop Simulator if you haven't already. And in the meantime, I hope you get your miniatures on the table. <laughs>